I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Good evening and welcome to Night 11 of the Fallout Bar with Online Darts. Brought to you... Um, by our sponsors, Boil Sports. What a day it's been of uh, stories, headlines, uh, Twitter absolutely exploding. And then we've had shots, we've had big fishies, we've had world champions knocked out, candidate for Dame of the Tournament. So much to talk about tonight, Charlie and Luth. But before we go into that, how are you both doing, Charlie, starting with yourself? Yeah, really good. Um, again, we've... We seem to have drama both on and off the stage now, don't we? Um, I don't think today today will be the um, will be the only drama that we see. But um, yeah, some really good games. Barring that first one, I think the rest of the of the games were were pretty were pretty drama ridden, weren't they? So it was it was a good another good day, um, another good day of darts. And yeah, let's hope for more to come. Fingers crossed in the next couple of days. And loads the. First fallout bar I've been on with you for the World Championships, obviously, we've been on one previous ones. It looks like the story's continuing, and now it's from your household, where it looks like you've had a peritop, mate. Right, I'm going to be honest, I thought my light was too bright, but I'm, I, I didn't realise how dark it was going to be, so I'm going to put the light back on, I'm literally two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Charlie, remember he's talking to him just, there we are. We can see the... Uh, right, we're, we're back, we're back. We're we're norm- back. We normally know when Luke's on stream because we've got the Janola shirt in the background. It's, <laughs> it's there, it's stream. there. It's all its glory, right? We'll, we'll make sure we get in shot. I'll try not to blind you. I'll put my head in the way of this light. But yeah, no, it was, it was a good day, actually. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Obviously, a share about MVG, which we'll touch on soon. But yeah, brilliant game between Rob and Cross. Really enjoyed tonight's session, actually. And, and it was surprising what we got from Peter, right? The first two sets, obviously a bit ropey, but we still did get a good game. So nobody can complain. Although we only got two games, we did get two really good ones. Yeah, well, I'll come back to you on that point then, Luke. We'll start with that before we go into the five games of action um, that we've saw today. The news got released around three o'clock, I think it was, three or three maybe, uh, released by the PDC that Michael Van Duren has tested positive for COVID-19, being the second player during the World Championships who's had to uh, um, remove themselves from the tournament. Uh, just your thoughts on that? Obviously, it's time after he's... Already played a game. He's now set to play Chris Dolby tonight. Um, and Chris Dolby's now got that by. Yeah, I mean, look, I think I speak on behalf of everybody that watches darts. It's obviously really upsetting to see Van Gogh and drop out. You know, it's the biggest tournament in the mall. He's definitely in a lot of money from two years ago. So not only does this have a knock-on effect for this tournament, but also for the next two years, you know, he's not going to have that shot at the world number one, probably. So it's difficult and it's really annoying, but there's not a lot you can do. Look, the PDC have made attempts to try and keep the event COVID secure. I don't necessarily think it's the place fault. And I think people that are calling Van Gerwen, Van Dijvenbode and Van der Voort for meeting up on Christmas Day are criminal. They did the same thing last year. The event was COVID tight last year and nothing went wrong. This year, the, maybe the variant is a little bit more transmissible and it just so happens that one of the players has caught it. Where, where it's coming from, I honestly don't know. But it, it's obviously a huge shame. To be honest, I thought Dobby would have beaten him, but... 
I don't think you can then say that whoever wins this world championship is suddenly winning at a devalued world championship. And I know that's what Goran Price has come out and said, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's still a world championship. And, and, and Van Gerwen, if he truly knew it in his heart of hearts that this was that transmissible, he would have just stayed locked in the hotel room. So for, for me, it's an unfortunate incident. If it wasn't Van Gerwen, I don't think as big a deal would have been made out of it, which is completely fair enough because he is obviously a world championship challenger. I mean, we looked at Van der Voort and to be honest, there was a little bit said, but it wasn't anywhere near as much backlash. So it's just one of them things. It just—it's just—he's just another player in this tournament who's unfortunately been knocked out, which is annoying. I don't think he'd be the last one, but yeah, it, it, it's difficult. It's a difficult one. Yeah, and, and Charlie, just on that one, um, Luke mentioned it there. There's there's photo on uh, social media around him meeting up with uh, Vincent Van der Voort on Christmas Day, I believe. In regards to the. Uh, rules in the UK at the moment. They've not broken any rules. Regarding the PDC, they've not broken any rules by meeting up. But do you think, obviously now we're looking at it and we can see that two of those three have had to withdraw from the tournament. Do you think there's lessons to be learned from players moving forward? While we are currently in the situation that we are with COVID-19 and that any positive would see players having to withdraw from what they've spent all year working towards? Yeah, I mean... It's yeah, it's one of them things, isn't it? If, if the rules aren't in place, then it's up to the player to do what they want to do. You know what I mean? If they want to be really cautious about it, then fair enough. It's just really unlucky that that we've actually players withdrawing. It's going to be now a a waiting game, isn't it, to see whether Dirk is avail- is able to play, which of course he'll test again, and that'll be the way that it goes. And if he's not, then he's not. But I think Go and Price will want to play Dirk. I think he'll want to play him. Because um, no player wants to go through by getting a bye. That's you know, there's there's no way you, you want to do that. Um, but it's just a shame that that it's had to get in the way of, of these games, and that MVG has has had to sort of go out as he was starting to pick up form. Because a lot of us thought that he would go all the way this year. So a real shame for him. Um, and you know, he's he's understandably very angry. Yeah, and just um, last point on this, Luke. I'm going to come to you on this. Is regarding. Obviously, all this focus at the moment is around Michael Van Derwin, but his opponent that was down to me tonight, Chris Dolby, has now got a buy into the net round. It's sort of the most difficult part of the draw, probably that section four, has got rid of the high seed from that, opens it up for a number of players, one of which being Chris Dolby. Like Charlie said, you wouldn't want to get through with the buy. However, he's got to take the positives, and it certainly opens up a good opportunity for Chris Dolby. Yeah, 100%. Again, if Chris Toby goes uh, well into this tournament, then I still don't think he should be given any stick for it. You know, it's not his fault. And and yes, he's come through with a bye, but obviously there's absolutely nothing he could do about that. But yeah, I think it it does open up the draw. You know, Chris on his A game can easily average 105 and take out anybody, which to be honest, could well have happened tonight. So let's just take this as Mike Van Gerwen's out, COVID or no COVID, he's out of the tournament and and let's see how far Chris Toby can go. But he would have given a real run for his money tonight, whether whether we had COVID or didn't. So I'm excited to see how Chris does. I still think he could potentially make quarterfinal semi-finals and Rob Cross is in that section and he's playing really well so is Gary Anderson there's a few big names in there but he's definitely got the game to take these guys out yeah Charlie I see you were agreeing with that do you, do you think this now opens up a potential quarters maybe semi-finals for Dalby or even further it does yeah I think um, as much as we can all talk about the withdrawal of MVG is now out. Like Luke said, he's out of the tournament and that's it. Like So even if he got beat tonight, he'd be out. So we'd all be talking about the shock that it is. Um, it is a shock that he's gone. But I think Doby has got the game to do it. It's just, we always see with Chris Doby, when he ups his game, he always brings a player up with him. So it's whether that'll happen. If it doesn't, then you never know. But Chris Doby's matured really well this year. Um, I expect him to, to really, with, with the draws now opening up a lot more, there's the players that we didn't necessarily think we'd see coming through. And, you know, we could be in for a really, really good couple of days. So we are going to move on to the uh, action that we've seen on the dartboard and not what we've seen on social media. I feel like we've spoken <laughs> enough about uh, MVG and what this has meant for Tristel uh, be moving forward. Just before we move on to the dames that we've seen today, I just want to say hello to a few people in the chat room. So Juanita in first, I think that's got to be a record, the amount of, Times has been first in for his channel. Charlie Luke, you've seen her in another. <laughs> Down following second, we've got Kieran, Terence, Brandon. Hello to everyone in the chat room. I believe uh, Darby's in as well, who's got a night off, but he's back with us tomorrow. Um, but let's get into the first game. And uh, Luke, I think it was yourself who touched upon it early on, probably of the five, 
it produced the last talking points, but it was a very, very convincing win for Mervyn King, who punished plenty of missed art by Steve Lennon. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was the tail of the tape. Steve Lennon's scoring boots didn't turn up and his doubling was shocking. So, to be honest, there was only ever going to go one way. It was really poor. He just couldn't get any any traction in that match. He thought maybe in set two he could potentially pinch it and get himself back to 1-1. But once Mervyn King took that second set, you could just see he was going to railroad him. And that's, you know, we're talking about open section of the draw. That is so open. And Mervyn King's got every chance now against Roman Smith of pushing it into a potential quarterfinal. So, it was a huge win. Massive confidence boost. And yeah, look, he's another one that'll turn around and say if I play my A game I can win the tournament now I think a lot of players say that and I don't buy it but you know his A game can challenge a lot of these players you know Gerwin Price Johnny Clayton he could potentially push them very far and deep in a semi-final game so let's just see how far he can go take it one game at a time but yeah that was really convincing and Steve Lennon the first two performances where he was banging in the one he's just just never got the scoring boots on yeah it wasn't it wasn't the win for Steve Lennon however coming into this Tough, tired, then uh, retired in the second round of the time for a very convincing the Charlotte. Yes, didn't find them levels of then, uh, then Mervyn King. But a lot of positives for Stuba Steve to take away from the past 10 days, 11 days. Lots of positives. Um, I mean, that, that win against Ratajski, we know how good he's been on TV. So to beat him... Some, big... Charlie, some say a different animal. Some use the <laughs> different animal when they talk about Ratajski. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not going to get him started because he'll just go at me for something else. <laughs> but I'm going to leave him quietly unpacking. Um, but yeah, I think Stephen will be really happy with, with, with his run. I think he'll be disappointed it's ended as it did because this one could have been a really close affair. Um, as Luke said, his, his doubling was horrendous today. Um, every time he got on a double, you you kind of knew that he was going to miss it. Um, so shame for him there. But yeah, he's had a good run and to get through a Tyski as well was a was a good um, was a good player to beat. But he'll be disappointed he's gone out the way that he has. Yeah, I think you mentioned it there. It was the misses at the start of the game seemed to just knock his confidence completely. Steve Lennon and some of the the misses he missed. Uh, he hit five out of thirty seven, so thirty two missed starts at a double for Steve Lennon. You could see the more the game went on. His confidence was just dropping a lot, lot more. But Mervyn King, uh, Luke, just finish with you on this time. But Mervyn King, he's now got Raymond Smith. And then if he can come through that one, we'll play either James Wade or Claire Matter in a quarterfinal. If Mervyn King was offered this run before the draw was made to get to the semi-finals... Do you think he'd be rubbing his hands together? <laughs> I think he'd have bitten your hand off. And especially when you look at the amount of COVID cases, if he thinks he can keep himself safe, as if this is becoming part of the tournament, then who knows how far he could go. I'm sure he'd be doing everything he can to make sure he's still in this tournament. But yeah, I mean, look, Raymond Smith, obviously, is out there to play for a tour card. If he wins that match, he's got himself a tour card. So there's a lot on the line for both players. Obviously, Mervyn King, you know, he's, get, he's getting on a bit now. And this may be one of his last chances at a big run in the World Championship. So let's see how he does. But yeah, he's got to be fancying his chances against a guy that doesn't regularly play the PDC tour. Had a brilliant year in Australia, but you know this is a chance for Mervyn King, and he really will. We say it all the time, and they've played many times since. But Mervyn King against James Wade, no one will ever forget that comeback in the Masters. And so you know, there's always a little bit of sweet revenge if he can beat James Wade in a quarterfinal. This you do know that the Mervyn King James Wade is Dobbs' dream scenario. On, <laughs> well, it would have been his dream scenario on January the third. Obviously, the draw meant that there's meeting earlier, and it means it could be January the 1st, but I think that's his perfect way to start the new year. Um, before we move on to game number two, let's hear from Mervyn King himself. Um, not really bothered, to be honest with you. Um, they need to know about me. I, I really don't care about anybody else, to be honest with you. Um, I'm here to win the World Championship. If I play well enough, I will. If I play like I know I can, I will. If I don't, there you go. But we see Mervyn King be world champion on 3rd of January 2020. I can see why Luke's uh, reaction that means no. I cannot let that go. The amount of players that turn around and say that they're going to win the World Championship after playing one half-decent match is embarrassing. Let's be honest, he was slaughtered by Ryan Joyce in the first two sets last time around. If Joyce had continued on that form, he'd be out. There's certain players, Peter Wright included, that can turn around and say, if I play my A game, then fair enough. But Mervyn King's not won anything. So I'm not going to sit on the fence there. I can't believe he's turning around and saying that. Moving on before Char- uh, before Luke loses his head completely <laughs> about Mervyn King's comments, we'll move on and we'll come straight to you, Charlie. And this is where 
A Dan that Ryan Sell was really looking forward to. He called it out before uh, Danny Knockout had even come through his day. Um, Ryan Sell come through this one 4 2. Very, very tight down at two piece, but then Ryan Sell just seemed to find that extra edge, not be missing a few darts at a double. But it's Ryan Sell who uh, gets through this one with a, a very good win. Yeah, and how a Louis that he actually got over the line because it backfired massively if he'd have asked for this game and then he'd have got beaten and his World Championship would have been over. But yeah, a really good performance from Ryan Searle. It was pushed all the way, to be honest, at, at two all. I thought, you know, the game could go either way, but Danny Nuppert just seemed to run out of steam um, towards the, the last stages of the match. And you've just got to see there was a deciding set in um, fifth set in which Ryan Searle won and, you know, when he won... That late, that game, and then went on to to whitewash the final set. You kind of knew that the in the wall, there. but really impressive from Ryan Searle. I have been impressed with him over the last couple of months, especially, and he's he's having a really good twenty twenty one. And so he'll be looking forward to to an extra round clash with uh, with Peter Wright. I think it is, and um, that side of the draw as well has opened up massively. But uh, yeah, Danny Knopper will be disappointed that he fell away the way that he did, but he gave Ryan Searle a real run for his money. And loot on this one, it's probably another one that falls into the category of if you're looking at this from a stats and a numbers wise, it doesn't stand out as as what the dynamic was when you are watching it. Um, but for drama, because maybe of missed starts then, but storing there was very good. Overall, it was an, another very very good third round down. Yeah, it was. I mean, even just the first set itself, you know, Ryan Searle should have wrapped that up straight away and suddenly Noppet rails off three legs and puts him under pressure. It was. It was one of them games where I think Searle put a lot of weight in on beating Noppet, which I'm really not sure why, you know. There's players that he's going to have never beaten before because he's only really become a top player in the last sort of 12 months. So I'm not surprised he's not beaten everybody in the PDC, but he put a lot of weight on beating Noppet and I really think it got to him a little bit. But then obviously got over the line. Scoring power was just too good for Noppet today. He was a little bit iffy at times on that treble. 20 did get a few 180s going but yeah it was it was a, it was a good game actually I thoroughly enjoyed it and, and it was a nice way to, to get the afternoon session really started because to be honest the first game it was very one-sided so at least we had a bit of a battle and on this one uh, Charlie regarding the comments made before Sol's yet to beat Danny Noppert uh, in any PDC competitions I think it was 5-0 before this Ryan Sol had told out that he wanted Noppert um, got the result done and then Ryan Sol afterwards made the comment of who he wanted next. Do you think this is going to be a bit of a running theme with Ryan Searle, calling out who he wants? And obviously, it's worked out he's got who he's wanted this time around. Dangerous game. Yeah, if, if he's confident of beating them, then by all means do it. But I think you just need to keep nice and quiet about it. You know, um, you see other players who are very much... Johnny Clayton's one of them who's just very much within himself. He doesn't call anyone out, really. He keeps within within what he can do. And I think if Ryan Searle can can beat... I think he's better than Danny Noppert, so there's fair enough. But that could have backfired for him. If it backfires next, you're going to think, well, what, what a stupid comment that was. But, you know, that if that's what gets him going, then, then, then let him do it. Uh, but he's in some pretty decent form at the moment. And, you know, there's no reason why he can't um, he can't beat the players that he's calling out. But it's, it's still a, a risky move to take. And Luke, I'm going to come to you with the, the same question, but I'm going to hold it for now until once we talk about the result that has led to that day um, and for Winstever in a couple of days' time. Before we then move on to the drama of Dame number three, let's hear from Ryan Searle. I think that played a lot of my mind at the start, especially when I start to win the first set on his throw and to lose that from 2 0 up, you know, I was, I was fuming. Um, but I managed to hold myself together and get the next set. And, um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm so happy to get over the line. You, you don't understand, honestly. Normally you don't give too much away on stage, but is that one match that you got massively emotionally involved in because of everything it meant to you? Yeah, maybe a little bit. Um, you know, when you've never beaten someone before, that can play in your mind, obviously. And, um, you know, to get a win against someone like Danny, who's, you know, a class player, you know, he's expecting the birth of his first child in February, he said, and, you know, I wish him all the best with that. Yeah, comments there from Ryan Sell. And regarding all that, all the interviews that will be available on our YouTube channel, well, majority are already, just the last one isn't uh, just yet, but will be available for you to do and view on, of course, after you finish watching the Fallout Bar with myself, Charlie, and Luke. We're going to move on now to a game number three. 
And in game number three, we saw Clear Matter and Joe Cullen with a lot of people predicting this to be a one-sided affair to go towards Joe Cullen. What we saw was Clear Matter though, 3-0 in front. Joe Cullen then level things up at three apiece. And then for me, we seen Clear Matter step up and show on his debut year at the World Championships what he can do and thumb through this one as a full free victor. Luke, I'm going to thumb to you on this one, first of all. What a game. Yeah, it was it was quality. I really was not expecting Clay Mack to even reel off the first set, never mind the first three. Colin could just never get firing. I, I don't know what this is this year. You know, we saw the same uh, against Jim Williams in, in the second round. It was it, it's just really slow to get started. But once the scoring power gets going, then he's absolutely lethal and he's in rightly getting tipped to go quite far into this world championship. Or he was until Claymacher reeled him out, and it, it's just one of them things. I mean, I mean Martin Claymacher, to be honest, I don't think he's played exceptional. I think he, he's done what he needed to do, and and at three three, I really did think he was going to get knocked out. But you know, he found some composure from somewhere to hit that bullseye finish, which again, it's the smallest target on the board so to do it, no matter what the finish is, is really quite impressive. So I was impressed that he held it together because I think pretty much anybody after after what we'd seen the other day with Dirk Van Dyven border. When Joe Cullen had come back from three sets down, you were probably expecting to win a fourth one. But, yeah, really impressive from Clay Matter to hold it together. And, Charlie, on, on Clay Matter, like uh, Luke on there, it was 3-0 in front, levelled the dame. And then we saw in that in that final set, we saw uh, 1.30, we saw a ball finish to finish the dame for an 88, I believe. Clay Matter is showing, in, like it says, in his debut World Championship, what he can do, and he can cause a lot of damage uh, to the rest of the field moving forward. Yeah, I mean, look, 3-0 up, you're, you're on the brink, aren't you, of, of getting off the stage. That would have been an incredible result for him. And I think when Cullen started to reel the sets off, he'll probably been sat there thinking, look, I'll just weather the storm. It's gonna, He's going to eventually have a drop-off. And then out, out of nowhere, it was 3-all and we were into a deciding set. So for him to then reel off the sets that he did, because his doubling can sometimes let him down. And it, it didn't in that last set. He took the chances when they came. And that 88 on the bull... Um, was a brilliant way to round off the victory. And you saw how much it meant to him. I don't even think he knew what he was doing. He just ran down the side of the stage and just celebrated with with everyone. And, you know, he was over the moon with it, as you saw in his Sky interview. But, you know, it, it was a great result for him. And it's, he's showing what he can do on the big stage, having missed out last year. It was a bit Dean Winstanley, nine data-esque, I thought, <laughs> with the celebration at the end. I wasn't sure if he was going to lose him off camera for a little while and then he would appear back. Um, but impressive win to do. I'm just going to... Finish on a, a point on here, and I'm going to come to both of you on this question. A lot of the talk pre-World, and I don't want to touch, touch on it too much because we are voting on the, the biggest tournament of the year, but a lot of the focus this time of the year always comes around the Premier League. We have 13, 14 potential players who are contenders before this tournament starts. Joe Cullen would have been in the midst. Do you think this defeat early on in the World Championships means that it's another year where Joe Cullen won't make that, that pick Luke? Yeah, for me, 100%. I don't think there's any chance of getting to the Premier League after that. I think, you know, some of these players, I mean, people are tipping the likes of Hybrix to get in the Premier League, which I think is ridiculous. You know, again, he said the same thing about Sherrick. If you play one good match, you can't suddenly expect it to get put into the Premier League lineup. So for Cullen to lose up to Claymacher, I think really, really harms his chances. If he'd lost out to somebody that was playing really well, i.e. Daryl Gurney, you know, he's coming into a little bit of form, then who knows, maybe... But against Clay Maquette, averaging, I think he was about 93, 94. It's not good enough. And I don't think Colin's done enough consistently throughout the year to really prove himself as a, as a Premier League contender. So maybe in the future, I still think he's got the game to win a big title. Don't necessarily think it'll be the world, but I don't see him in the Premier League lineup next year. Charlie? Yeah, I don't either. I mean, just looking back at some of his um, results that he's had, I mean, he was convincingly beaten by... Um, Michael Smith was in the in in the Grand Slam. He then had an early exit in the Players Championships. I just don't think it's he's gonna he's gonna make the the, the Premier League. I, I really don't think it at all. If he went if he had a longer run in this, then maybe people would have been thinking that he'd be flirting with the opportunity of playing. But yeah, I don't think he's uh, he's gonna be a name that's that's potentially on their list to to fill the remaining spots that we're a bit unsure about. I'm dotted. Mr. Bars isn't with us tonight. So I'm sure Philip will share an interview on Joe Cullen. It is, a, it is around entertainment, so I still wouldn't be surprised if he's in. But for me, it makes it very, very difficult with that result tonight. Uh, if he doesn't, then make it into the Premier League. So, moving on then to the evening session, we had um, two dames, obviously due to the withdrawal of Michael van Derwin. We had two dames which saw... Um, the first one being Rob Cross versus Daryl Durney. 
What a game of darts this was, Charlene. Uh, both players just averaged under the 100. We saw it go all the way. We saw seven sets of darts. What a game. Try and sum that up for me, mate, as there was so much happen. Well, I think there's only two sets, wasn't there, that didn't go <laughs> to a deciding leg, which just shows how how tight the game was and how it could have gone either way. But both players, it was just like a boxing match. Both players were going punch for punch. You know, 23-180s, I think there was. Um, it, oh, it was an incredible game. The scoring was relentless. And both players were, you know, after that game were, you know, the way that Daryl Gurney was smiling at the end, I think, you know, that he, he's played the best that he could. Um, but things are starting to click nicely for Rob Cross. He's come through that game. He impressed. He weathered the, he weathered the early storm against Barney. Um, I think he's got a real chance of going, going, you know, far in the tournament if he continues to play like he did because he really brought out his A game today. Yeah, Luke, on, on Rob Cross, for me, there was there's always a point in Rob Cross when he's confident and it's always around that 18s, whether it be the double, whether it be the treble. Tonight, it seemed to be that treble that he didn't seem to be able to miss. I think there was one check out he went for the two 18s, which left double 13. But because he was that confident on that treble, he knew he'd have a shot, so why not go for it? Confidence there from Rob Cross, to me, very much looks like the same confidence when he went on and won the World Championships uh, a few years back. Yeah, he was absolutely lethal on the 18s. You know, for me, a lot of crosses of good form comes from the body language. When you see that little punch when he's hit a good checker or a good score, you just know there's just a little bit of a, a glint in his eye that, you know, I've, I've got this. And it did it. Complete echoes for me. I, I can't remember if you mentioned this on commentary of the last 32 game in 2018 when he won the World Championship against Michael Smith. Smith had darts to beat him. Now, yeah, Gurney didn't have darts, but he pushed him all the way. The same result, 4-3 to Rob Cross. But he was pushed then. He was tested. I think Gurney, you know... Three went down, we probably count him out. But as Cross said, and he alluded to this in his interview afterwards, you know, I don't hit 180s, and there he is, banging in 13 180s, more than we've seen from any other player in this world championship. When Cross is hitting 180s and finishing as well as he does, and he's a, he's a danger to anyone. And I think, look, he won't say this in his, his post match interview, as all the players like to keep their cards very close to their chest, but he'll be rubbing his hands together that Van Gerwen is now out. It's, it's another one that he doesn't have to beat. He can now potentially, probably, can sometimes be a little bit hit and miss. So Cross will be very much looking forward to his next game and then seeing how far he can go but I think he's world championship winning material on that sort of form Charlie there's a check out in this game that probably won't have shown as much as the check out that was exactly the same at the Grand Slam of Darks we've seen it done by Fallon um, and it's been shown a number of times but for this one by Rob Cross how important was that 170 obviously Derny got himself back into the game the confidence of that check out now going on for the rest of the week with the storming being as, as Luke's touched upon there this man is going to be a danger. Yeah, I think it was a fitting way to end the game like that. You wouldn't want it to sort of be uh, in going in madhouse when everyone, no one can take a double out and you're just sort of waiting for it to end. To end in that way was just sort of fitting to the way the game was uh, and the high quality that it was in, but unbelievable from him. When he hit the two um, trouble 20, he, he couldn't. No, he couldn't. He couldn't do it. And then it, it and it went. It was it was unbelievable, and he could have got in a real scrap if he hadn't taken that out. And and Daryl had taken out the one two one, but he's got a lot of confidence, and I think he'll be quietly confident now that the draw's opening up nicely, uh, and things are starting to go in his favour. And let's hear from the man himself, from Rob Cross. Yeah, hundred percent. Obviously, everyone works. Everyone works all year round to get to Ali Pali, and don't get me wrong, but. It's all great coming in, winning that game, and then waking up the next day. And obviously, Raymond, fair play to him. He, he was brilliant, and and his manager, and and they told me. But at the same time, it's just don't help yourself. You know, you're testing three times a day. You think they're not going to come down with it, and then that's the end of the World Championships. And it's it's, it's scary. It really is. Looking ahead, your route to the final is treacherous. Gary Anderson or Ian White next. Tough game, but with Michael Mangala being removed from that half as well, does that make it any easier? No, not at all. Do you know, um, Michael, Michael is Michael. He's, he's brilliant, and I'd, I'd like to say, obviously, I feel sorry for him. You know, it shouldn't have, shouldn't really happen to everyone like that, but or anyone. Um, I'm not going to lie. I've been a bit edgy. Obviously, I've been testing myself three days, three times a day. And how nervy is that that I'll be hearing from Rob Foster? As I said, the interviews are available in full on our YouTube channel. But, Luke, on that, 
he's had to test himself three times a day, so he's taken it to do that. Obviously, he played Barney, who was tested uh, positive after that day. We'd seen that result coming through. Tovid aside, obviously, we're not sure, and Finder Frost, it doesn't happen to any more players. But Tovid aside, if Rob Frost can produce that, and we can see a uh, Darry Anderson high level, could we see a better day than what we've seen tonight? Yeah, potentially. I I think the, the prospect of that is really, really good because if Gary Anderson can turn up and average 100, then yeah, we're going to get a brilliant game because Anderson fears nobody. The pair of them score really well. The pace would be nice and quick. It could be a really good game. Again, same format, first to four sets. But yeah, that would be... Let's not get ahead of ourselves because Ian White would definitely like to put up a fight against Gary Anderson. But I would relish the opportunity to see that happen. So we'll just have to see how we go with, uh, with COVID. But yeah, I mean, another thing, you know, cross... For the first set, maybe he would have been edgy, but after that, once you get settled, you know, he's been testing, but once you've got through the process, you know you've tested negative, it shouldn't affect him. So hopefully now that's all behind him. He shouldn't get COVID from here on out as long as he keeps himself safe. And then we see some good battles. And Charlie, just last point on this thing, just touch on Daryl Durney. Uh, he's put up a brilliant fight. He's averaged, as I said, just short of 100. Check out a once. It's, it's, he's through 10-1-8 himself and 29-1-40s. Overall, a very good performance. When there's probably some question marks around Daryl Durney's form that we've seen from this year, it's been very inconsistent. Yes, he hasn't had the run um, that he would have liked. However, another player who can come out of this World Championship with a lot of positives down into the next year. Yeah, because he was on a bit of a decline really recently. His, his performances and, and his form has been dropping massively. So that's why I'd have probably said this game might have been a bit different. But he'll be really happy with his performance, I think. You know, if you'd have asked him at the end, you know, how do you think he'd play? He'd probably be able to say he wouldn't have been able to leave anything else out there because it was he had he gave everything he could, and it's great to see him back in a bit of form. His scoring was there. We know how prolific he can be um, on the one eighty scoring front, but you know when you come up against a player like Rob Cross, who who was so clinical tonight, it's hard to get through that. And he didn't really give up much chance, much chances, but he'll definitely take confidence, you know, going into the new year and, and hopefully have a positive 2022 when he can rise back up the rankings. And then moving on to the final game of the night, which for me was probably split in, and to everyone else, was to split into two different games. We saw one with the first set of darts from Peter Wright, and then the set of game with a different set of darts. Peter Wright used some new darts in the first two sets for anyone who who didn't see or hasn't seen all the noise that's been evaded on social media, used a different set of darts for the first two sets, and Damon Hetter went in 2-0 in front at that stage. And then Peter Wright reeled off 12 of the last 15 leads, then they won and win the game 4-2, using, uh, using darts that he's used plenty of times before on stage. Loot, a, a tale of two halves, all for me, all done by Peter Wright. Yeah, this is one of the players that I will accept when he turns around and says, if I play my game, I will win. Fair enough. You know what? Damon Hetter's level didn't drop. He reeled off the first two sets because Peter Wright was playing pretty shocking. Damon Hetter took every chance he had to and did really well at that point. We didn't know whether Peter Wright was going to swap darts. Comes back out straight after the break. His scoring power straight there. He's on the doubles. He, he was playing really, really well. I, I, to be honest, I think Damon's come out of this really badly and, and it looks awful. The scoreline doesn't really tell the full story because he genuinely didn't drop his level. And I honestly don't think he played too bad. It was just the fact that Peter's come out averaging sort of 110 for the last three sets. Like, you know, you've got to be playing a, a star game really to compete with that. And sometimes, yeah, players that are just inside the top 32 can't quite match that. And that's the difference between a world champion and somebody who's just inside the top 32. So the scoreline, yeah, maybe is a little bit harsh on Damon after the first two sets were brilliant. But look, what's Peter going to do about these darts? We say it every single time. Uh, he's never, ever going to change. But if he's going to win world championships, you can't afford to give away the first two sets. Charlie, on, the, on that point, uh, we'll come back to Damon Hetto. I just want to stand Peter right for now. Just going to reel off to you, he's set averages. Set one, he averaged 94. Set two, he averaged 90.2. Then changed his darts. Set three was 104.8, and he's a one to one check out in there. Set four was 111.8. Set five was 107.4. Set six was 112.7. Those numbers for the last four sets feel a bit like the match play averages that we was talking about when he went on and he was unstoppable. If Peter Wright continues with those darts and doesn't change it then, which we know is completely possible because it is Peter Wright and he can do, is he another one, as we've spoke about with uh, Rob Cross, is he another one that should be looking at this thinking, 
item be lifting that title on the 3rd of January. Yeah, 100%. But it's all down to what starts he chooses to take out with him because I think Sky did a little an interview with him beforehand. I can't remember the exacts of what they talked about, but they talked about his darts and, and him changing darts. And he says he just changes like for the circumstances, the games or whatever he plays in. And look, if he turns up with <laughs> the right darts that he finished the game with today, he blitzes most players. Like if he started with those darts, that was unbelievable, the upturn in performance today. Um, as soon as he checked that, he was a completely different player and blew Damon Hetter away. Um, but it's all, I just don't understand why, because it's crying out for him to stick to those darts. I'm sure someone, his manager or someone's probably saying, stick to those darts, Peter, just stick to them. And he still won't. And I, it just it infuriates me that he doesn't, because he could be so much more clinical if he did. But it'll be interesting to see which ones he walks out with in the next round, because, you know, against the better players or the, or the more experienced players, going 2-0 down, you're not going to be given a chance to come back and reel four sets off straight. So I've just had a message from PB who said that the Peter Rice interview is uploading. We've got a clip of that to play. Before we play that, I just want a one-word answer from both of you. Charlie, will Peter Rice change his data then? This tournament, yes or no? Yes. Luke? Yes. <laughs> See, I don't think he will. I think he'll learn from his mistakes, especially knowing this. I just, with them being back to back days, if it was round one, round two, sort of as a 10 day break, um, I don't think he will. But um, I'll go as far as say, I think he'll change the next round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, let's hear from Peter, right? And, and maybe he might mention those, uh, those darts. Yeah, obviously, I was. I think I was uh, having a practice on stage, and then you know, then we, you know, the guys uh, heard that you know, obviously, unfortunately, Michael's tested uh, uh, positive for COVID, and you, but it just goes to show you, it's just like, you know, even in this room, it's a bit small. Lucky, you know, we got the door open, try and get some ventilation in here and stuff like that. Hence why I'm wearing a mask and stuff like that. You know, you've got to keep yourself, you know, away from this uh, virus that spreads like anything, you know. So, uh, it, you know, it came up with Vincent the other day, but, you know, Michael was going to be with Vincent over Christmas and practicing together. So, you know, it wasn't a shock as much as you know, in my eyes anyway. Yeah, I think he's, he's touched on the, the same points as we mentioned at the start about them uh, on being Stever and there's, no, there's not as big a surprise that the uh, the players who have been close to Lever as soon as one was tested positive that the, the set them, but no mention there of the darts. Luke, I'm going to come back to you regarding a question that I, I spoke to Charlie about earlier, Ryan Searle, and Ryan Searle spoke after his match saying that he wanted to play Peter Wright. Do you think those words will backfire a bit different to what happened when he said he wanted to play Danny Nopper? I mean, look, when he wanted to play Danny Nopper, he wanted to play him because he wanted to, to break the record. When he wanted to play Peter Wright, I mean, he did finish that sentence by saying, I want to play Peter Wright in an evening session. I think he just wants to get on the big stage and the prime time slot and, and get his shot at a, at a previous world champion. So, yeah, potentially, I don't think it's disrespectful. I think he, he really just wants to play the best players in the world. And that's fair enough. And I think... Again, you know what we've said already. If he gives, if Ryan Searle gets a two-set lead over Peter Wright, then he's going to have a much trickier task to come back from that because Searle won't give up so easily. And I think it could be a really good little game. So let's see. I still think if Peter Wright, you know, if he doesn't change darts, should potentially get the job done. But, yeah, hopefully we get a good game of that one. And, and I'm excited. I, I like this Searle that's calling out people, a little bit like the WWE. Why not? Let's have a little bit of personality from him. <laughs> yeah, I, I think a lot of it is to do with the... Uh... Wanting a bit of revenge for the players' championships uh, less than a month ago. So it's going to be interesting. It is one of the dames that isn't on tomorrow, but he's on the 30th of December. But what we're going to do now is move on to tomorrow's dames and let some predictions from Charlie Luke and myself. Uh, when we, tomorrow, we close off round three and we see the beginning of round four with two dames tomorrow evening. So we'll go in dame order. I will start with Luke on dame number one where the special one takes on the thumbback tin so far of Alexander Palace, Alan Souter, uh, of dame number one. Who comes out victorious in this one, Luke? 
Well, I think we might get another seven-setter here. I honestly think so. You know, D'Souza didn't dispose of Jason Lowe so easily in the first round, and Suter really put up a good fight against Suljevic. So I'm going to say it goes long. I think D'Souza does come out on top, but I'm going to go with 4-3. Charlie? Yeah, I'm going to go a different route to what Luke's gone. I, I just want to firstly say how much respect I've got for Alan Suter for some of the work that he's doing behind the scenes of darts. For anyone that hasn't seen, he's an incredible man who works a full-time job alongside darts. But I just think that that's the difference with the practice. And I think D'Souza will win. Um, I think he wins 4-1. I think he has too much for Suter. Um, I think his scoring power will will over will, will beat the Scott. Um, I'm just hoping the suit doesn't get too involved with the crowd as we've seen in the last couple of games when when they start going on about Scotland and, and everything like that. Um, but I think it's a bit of a, a bit of a different result to what Luke thinks. I'm going to go with four one to the Souza. If you don't think that Souza's going to get involved with the crowd, Charlie, what I say is once you've come off uh, this, make sure you have looked at his social media at his post because those those tartan trousers are back tomorrow night. So I've got a feeling there could be a bit of fan involvement from the first thing tomorrow. Um, I'm the new edge towards Jose coming through it. Uh, I just think his storing power would just be a little bit much for suits. And I can see uh, Jose coming through it 4-2. Uh, Charlie, I'll come back to you now. For game number two, and this game has a bit more on it now because the winner of this would have played either MVG or Christobe. Obviously, Christobe could have beaten MVG anyway tonight if they would have both played, but we do now know it is going to be Christobe who will meet. And both of these players will now see this as an, a massive opportunity to get into the quarterfinals of the World Championships. Who comes through this one, Chizzy or Tallhand? I think I can see this going into a, a seven-setter and I really want it to because the game deserves it. Both players are, uh, are really at the top of their game. I'm going to side with Luke Humphreys. Um, I think he's 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 played and he's really impressed me so far. Um, I mean, he went close against uh, Johnny Clayton in the Players' Championship finals. Uh, he dispatched of um, Rusty J- Was it? I think it was Roby John, was it? Um, Roby John, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I'm going to go with him, but I'm going to go four three. Um, but I think we have a real classic on our hands in uh, in this game. Yeah, a lot of love for Chisnell in the chat. Luke, where are you down on this one? I'm I'm going to go with what Gob's gone with. I'm going Humphreys, and I think four two. I think this should be one eighties galore. We should get a really really good match here. But Humphreys has turned up with a little bit of aggression, and you know what? I think he'll seize the opportunity. He played so well. I mean, Ravi John. He's a good player. And his first round against Nick Kenny, he absolutely hammered him. And yet he was made to look like a mug against Luke Humphrey. So let's see how it goes. But to be honest, the, the, the sort of scoring power that Humphrey's coming out with it and the confidence and the finishes in that first, in the second round match rather, yeah, I, I really do see Luke Humphrey's coming out on top. See, I'm going to edge towards Cheesley, but I'm with Charlie in the sense of I see this going to all seven and Cheesy just edging it in. If we thought we had a lot of 180s in the Derny cross down tonight, I can see this probably affecting <laughs> it. If we have all seven sets, obviously it's a bit more difficult if we don't have the full seven, but if we then all seven sets, this should be a 180 first with Dave Chisnell just edging through on this one. Luke, final game of the afternoon. What another great day in this afternoon session um, tomorrow. Looked like a fantastic session. And to end it, we have Nathan Aspinall potentially. Injured Nathan Aspinall come up against uh, potentially the player who put in the, the best performance of round two to, to dismantle Brendan Dolan in Callum Reeds. Who comes through this one, mate? Yeah, I mean, the key word that you said there was injured. I think I think we're going to see that play on Aspinall's mind a little bit. I think I think Rids will win this and I think he'll win it 4-2. I think the confidence he's taken from that Brennan Dolan match, they the both said it, both uh, Callan and Chris Dobie, about they're pushing each other to go further in this tournament. And I still think that, that little bit of rivalry that they both, both want to go further than each other, I think it keeps them going. Callum Rids' his, his performance against Brennan Dolan was unstoppable. He was just dominant the whole match. I think we'll see the exact same thing. Aspinall will turn up and score well, but whether he can live with him, I don't think so. Charlie, a lot of love in the chat room on this one for Aspinall. Uh, just seen Marty's Tom through and Callum Rids, and potentially the first person I've seen who's back, Callum Rids. Are you remarked on this and think Rids can come through and lose? Or can Aspinall get the win? I do think Rids can get the, get the job done. It's just whether he can... Um, hit the levels that he did in his last round match which would be incredible I think the injury will play on Aspinall's mind um, 
and you know Nathan got in a tussle against Joe Mernon. So this game has has the potential again to go all the way. We could have a really long afternoon session um, in which darts is on the screen for absolutely ages. But I'm going to go with Callum Ridds in this one. I'm going to go four two. Um, I think he just may have too much, um, and it's just whether Nathan Aspinall can keep up with Callan or, or whether um, you know Callan has a little bit too much for him. I'm down with Angelo then. I think Nathan Aspinall done them for it. Um, I'm still unsure regarding the injury and how bad the injury is. My worry is if he goes really deep and it's in the final set or there's potentially a loose start, he's then looking at it potentially being more of an issue than what it actually is. But I think Aspinall comes through this in sits. Um, so we see Nathan Aspinall win 4-2 in the penultimate game of round three. And then going into the final game of round three, which is the first game of tomorrow evening session, Charlie, we see Gary Anderson take on Ian White for the winner to then take on Rob Cross. Who comes through this one? I'm going to go Gary Anderson. Uh, <coughs> I think he's far too much for Ian White. Uh, I, I think he wins 4-1. I think he gets the job done pretty easily and starts the evening session off in a um, in a pretty comfortable fashion. Uh, no doubt he'll have something to say about all these COVID cases and everything he, he usually does. So um, I think he'll win. I think he'll win in comfortable fashion and he'll have too much for Ian White. Luke? I, I think it could be a close effect. I do think Aranis will win. But Ian White sometimes comes out as really good performances against the better players and pushes them, but doesn't get the job completely done. I think he could come out and go three one up, but I think Anderson reels off the last three sets and beats him four three. I just I can't see him crossing the line. <coughs> so I do think Anderson will win, but I think it might be a little bit closer because Ian White's form in the first round wasn't too bad. I think he potentially gets a little bit of form going at the World Championship. So let's just see. But yeah, I'm gonna go with Anderson. Yeah, I'm going for the full house on this one. I think Anderson comes through it. Uh, I think 4-2 and then for 4-2 Gary Anderson on this one and then we move on to round 4 and we see the current world champion Derwin Price take on Dirk van Dijvenbode loot on this one does the world champion push on and beat Dirt, or can we see a punt up Dirt not the world champion out I don't. I don't think so. I think. I think Gerwin Price continues this run. I think it's destined for him to meet um, a certain other Welshman in the semi, in the quarterfinals rather. So I think. I think Gerwin Price is going to get this done. I think at least four two. I think Dirk van Dijvenbode was afforded a lot of chances against Ross Smith in the last round, and I just don't see Gerwin Price affording the same chances. I think he's learned his lessons from Kim Hybrex. I still think the crowd will boom. Still think they're going to be on his back, but I feel like he still gets over the line quite comfortably. So four two. And Charlie, your store prediction on this one. I am ignoring the uh, number of comments that say that the world champion debts are by. If that is to happen, obviously our predictions are all void anyway. But if this thing does go ahead and fingers crossed, it does go ahead. Uh, do you think Derwin Price comes through it? Yeah, I do. I think he wins 4-1. I think you, you can't have so many... You can only have so many lifelines in a game and I don't think Price will give you that many because his scoring power is there. Um, and Dirk had chances. He had plenty of chances as well. So he was given the opportunity to get through. I think Price will have too much. It will be a uh, it will be quite a heated game. I think both players will go at each other as you'd expect. Dirk's like that and so is going Price. But um, I'd expect him to get the get the job done 4-1. I just hope, fingers crossed, that we do see a game as, as some people are saying that they might not. Yeah, I, I can see Price coming through it. It's another one where I think the, the, the fans have a big impact on it because a lot of the fans go against Price, as we've seen throughout. On top of that, the Dirk walkout will get them on side straight away and we will see probably the fans just side with Dirk immediately and that could have an impact on it. However, I think Price has too much uh, and comes through it around 4-2 and then on the down for the, the sit sets to be played in that one. And then the last time of the night... What a game of darts this will be. Uh, I guarantee this will be a very good game of darts. Whatever happens, there will be drama in it. Um, the man who the year of 2021 has all been about, Johnny Clayton. And then we've got Bully Boy, who's coming into form into this World Championship. Uh, we've seen with his performances so far. Can Michael Smith beat Johnny Clayton? And for that, who I'm meant to be with, I think it's you, Luke, first. Uh I thought then. Clayton would win the tournament pre-tournament, but I think this is going to be his, this could potentially be his biggest challenge. Michael Smith's playing that well. I mean, 
he played really well against Willie O'Connor and he and he absolutely dismantled Ron Mullenkamp. We forget how good he was in that in that second round match. So this is going to go far. And I think this goes seven sets. I think Johnny Clayton comes out four three. But what a game this is going to be. I think we could see two tonneless averages. This could genuinely be the game of the tournament, I think. Charlie, are you with, are you with Luke on that? I am. I mean, we talked about the Chizzy Humphreys game being a 180 fest. I fully expect this to be full of maximums. I think this will be an incredible scoring game. Um, both players will be will be toe-to-toe with each other. But I, I just think Clayton will have too much um, for Michael Smith. It's just whether Smith on those... When when the when the when the pressure's on, can he take the doubles out? And that might be the difference between the two. But I think Johnny Clayton will win. I'm going to go for a seven setter to finish the night. Um, I'm going to go four three to Johnny Clay- Clayton. I think it's going to be it's going to be one hell of a game. Yeah, we certainly going to be one hell of a day. I've been tying with both players. Both of there's a, you can talk about both players and have a reason for both coming through it. I just think Michael Smith and Depp through it. I'm not convinced still with Johnny Clayton on the World Championship stage. Obviously, this year he's been ridiculous throughout the year. Um, I just think if, and it's the same as always with Michael Smith, if we can see that doubling, then he's always got a chance to, to push on further. His experience on this stage, I think, will be enough to see him come through against Johnny Clayton. And I think we have, I'm going to say six then, I'm going to four to Michael Smith. And that will then wrap up the uh, day 12. Hopefully, fingers crossed that we have all six games tomorrow. Um, Just before we go, I want to say thank you to everyone who has joined us in the chat room. We are back tomorrow night and Dob is back hosting. Uh, I know he's been in the chat room tonight. He's back hosting tomorrow night. We are back for day number 12. Just before we go, I want to say thank you for Charlie and Luke. As always, Charlie, I've kept us under an hour. You should be very, very impressed. I've kept on the time for you, mate. <laughs> yeah, I saw, um, I saw you were nicely uh, you were nicely keeping us to, to a good time. Um, yeah, which, but yeah, which is normally unlike me. Uh, well, t- I don't know what... If, if tomorrow goes the way that we've said it will, it could be a late one for the lads that are on tomorrow. <laughs> yes, it certainly, it certainly could. Uh, thank you, Val, for joining us. As always... Uh, thank you to Boyle Sports. Dobbs asking who told you I was back. Uh, Dob the rotor. Um, anyway, <laughs> thank you as always to uh, Ball Sports for your continued support. As I mentioned, for all the interviews uh, that you've had the clips of today, they are all available on our YouTube channel. So go along and watch, subscribe and like all those videos. As always, thank you very much for everyone for joining us and I hope you have a good evening.